Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Now you can enjoy MLB Play, the one app with all your favorite free MLB games. Enjoy Beat the Streak, Quick Pick, and more. Enjoy competing against friends. Enjoy unlocking exclusive rewards. Plus, your chance to win $5.6 million. Download MLB Play. Enjoy the app. Enjoy the show. MLB Play. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older to enter Beat the Streak, which ends at the conclusion of the MLB regular season or when the grand prize is won. Restriction supply. See MLB.com forward slash play for official rules. And now, please welcome Rob Bradford. It's time for the Bradford Files, right now on WEI.com. Welcome to another edition of the Bradford Files. Today's guest is Daniel Bard, one of the most important pieces of the Red Sox offseason. For a long time, we didn't know what he was going to do. He was going to start, he was going to close, he was going to set up once again. Contingent on, obviously, if Jonathan Papelbon was going to sign back or what starter that the Red Sox were going to get or even what closer they're going to get. And that still might be the case. But right now, what we do know is that Daniel Bard is going to go to Fort Myers as a starting pitcher. And talking to him, it was clear that he's really embracing that. And as you'll find out in the podcast, he does talk about how his mindset right now is totally as a starting pitcher. So without any further ado, I give you Daniel Bard. All right, well, we're going to welcome in Daniel Bard, obviously pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. We're not quite clear if he's going to be a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, but uh, that's one of the topics we can get to. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Um, and uh, are you having a good offseason so far? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, other than having a very poor uh, hunting season, everything else has been good. So no complaints. Now, you are you down in Mississippi? Is that where you live? Yes. Yeah, I'm down in Mississippi for the offseason. Have you gotten together? I know that there's a few other guys in that area on the on the team that that typically partake in such activities. Have you gotten together with them? I actually, well, not on the team anymore, but I uh, talked to Pat like a week ago, and we're going to try to get together this weekend for some duck hunting, but I don't, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to work out, but we'll see what happens. So when does when do you make the the transformation from sitting in the tree stand from at 12 hours at a whack to actually throwing a baseball? Uh, I'm not in at 12 hours. I, you know, I try to get out there a couple times <laughs> a week, but if it, it's a problem if it starts cutting into my uh, my workouts and stuff. But, uh, no, I pretty much do my, my workouts, like, late morning, and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing a baseball yet, so that'll happen late this month, you know, maybe right after New Year's uh, is usually when I start, so... Um, yeah, try not to let the uh, my my hobbies get in the way of my, my work too much. <laughs> well, take us through what the last couple of months have been like for you, and um, 
it's obviously a different off season, and you can starting when the team obviously had the the uh, the early exit from from well, not even making the playoffs, but then you got had the Jonathan Papelbon going to the Phillies, and then there was the uncertainty in regards to where you were going to land up in in a role in the pitching staff. Has it been an odd off season for you so far? Uh, yeah, it's been weird. It's almost like I'm watching the whole thing happen kind of as an outsider point of view because, you know, I'll hear things and then talk to somebody and hear something totally different. And um, But, I mean, pretty much the way it went was, you know, within probably two weeks after the season ended, um, I spoke to Ben, and I think it was pretty shortly after he had gotten the job, maybe right after and uh, basically just told him. And this is, I, I was, for whatever reason, I was pretty confident. I thought I thought we were going to re-sign Pap mm-hmm. uh, as good a year as he had. I kind of thought he maybe wanted to come back. I, that's the vibe I kind of got from him, actually. And uh, so I, I gave it at least a 50-50 chance that he was going to come back. And, you know, I'd be pitching probably in the same role as I, as I have been. So I went, told, ben, you know, told Ben when I heard Lackey was having surgery and, you know, Wake's a free agent, Dice is still hurt. And I saw two openings in the starting rotation and for the last two years I hadn't said it much, but I in my own head, just watching the guys in this league that, you know, uh have a lot of success in a starting starting role, I'm like I, I just felt like I could do that, mm-hmm. you know. I got mm-hmm. as good or better, you know, raw stuff as them and you know, I, I try to keep myself in good shape and, you know, Everything I, I felt like everything I had pointed to uh, that I could have success in that role. So I told told Ben that, and uh, you know, then when when Pat signed with the Phillies, it wasn't maybe a week or two after that. Um, you know, I kind of figured that whole starter thing would kind of subside, and mm-hmm. they may forget it even happened. And uh, you know, my I just figured once Pat was gone, they they wouldn't uh, be taking me out of the pen as well, but. Turns out they they felt pretty strongly, or I should say, they feel pretty strongly about about me, you know, trying to become a starter, and uh, I do too. So, looks like that's you know, as of right now, that's that's what how it stayed. When when they when you you talk about them feeling strongly about you becoming a starter after Pap signs, when did it actually sink in? Hey, you know what? They actually want me to still be a starter. Was there? A, a, another conversation you had with them, um, or did you go back to them and, and loop back and say, hey, uh, I just want to plant this in your head as well? They just, uh, I mean, I think it, obviously they they look at it and say, okay, well, now that Pat's gone, what are our options at closer? Um, and I'm, I know I was probably part of that discussion as well as free agents and a Savis and whoever else you want to throw in there, but I think that they had kind of in their minds said, hey, we're going to make Bart a starter and, and we're going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that barring to, you know, they're able to acquire the rest of the off season. A lot of things are subject to change, but uh, as of now, I mean, that's, I'm going in preparing to, uh, to start this year. As you said, I mean, things are subject to change and you don't know who they're going to acquire and, and moves that are going to be made even in the middle of spring training. But right now, do you have to get in, kind of in the mindset that, Listen, I'm a starter. As you sit here right now, are you saying I'm a starter? Yeah, I mean, I think I have to. You know, uh, I I feel like it would be really easy for me to go back to, uh, you know, there's not a to me in the, in my mind not a huge difference 
between the role I was pitching and, and closing. I mean, you're you're not asking me to do anything a whole lot different in that. Uh, when it comes to starting, you know, it is a different mindset just for me. It's not something I've done in a while, but as I, I've said in the past, you know, I see myself as a pitcher, and I'm not going to drastically uh, alter the way I throw or the way I pitch or anything. I mean, there'll be a few things that need to uh, that need to change maybe a little bit just in my preparation, but, you know, I, I just think it's a lot easier to go go and kind of a starter, and if we have to go back to the bullpen, then make that move rather than vice versa. Do you think that you're better equipped to be a starter now than when you were previously entering that world? And obviously you're a better pitcher because you've been in the major leagues for a few years now, but just the mindset, the approach, and everything about it? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a lot of it's confidence. I mean, I confidence and command, I think. Um, I had very, very, I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm no Greg Maddox now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, coming out of college, I was pretty raw. I mean, I could throw throw a hard fastball and spin a slider, but that was about it. I didn't. I really didn't have a great feel for, for how to pitch, how to, how to approach hitters. Uh, I pretty much lived off a, a good fastball and just pitched inside a ton. And I think when I, you know, combined a bunch of things, injuries, weird mechanics, and, you know, lack of uh, confidence that first year. You just, uh, it had nothing to do with the fact that I was starting. I mean, I've, I've told this story a thousand times, but um, yeah, I just wasn't mentally or physically ready to pitch in pro baseball. And it took me a year to adjust. Hmm. You know, I want to go back to the, the, the desire to start because you've said all along, you know, I'll do whatever helps the team. And if Pap stayed here, you might have set up if, uh, if you still might close, you might start, but it sounds to me that you really kind of embrace the challenge of, of starting more than maybe anything. Obviously closing full-time would be something new to you, but it, and maybe I'm wrong, but to me it sounds like you really want to be a starter. Um, I mean, I think it would be a great you know personal challenge. I think it's something I, like I said, it's something I, I believe, truly believe I can do. Um, and I think I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't want to, you know, either one's a, technically a promotion for me if you want to look at it that way. And I don't think anyone's not looking to get promoted within their within their job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, either one I'm more than happy to do. Um, and if it means going back to doing the role I've been doing, that, that may happen too, which is fine. But, um, you know, I wanted to let them know. I tried to make it as clear as I could to Ben that, that I, and, uh, and Bobby. Mm-hmm that I had no reservations um, about going into the rotation and that I was 100% willing and, and ready to, <clears throat> to take on that challenge. And uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want them to be worried about my mindset going into it. So mm. I had to make that very clear, I think, just so that they, they, weren't, they wouldn't hesitate. Well, let's talk about the preparation. I mean, the, obviously you said you're, you're going to start your throwing program in a couple of weeks, and, and, but it's, it's – one of the reasons I would imagine that they wanted to say, okay, you know what, right now we're announcing, we're going to tell you that you're going to go in as a starter is to, you can get the right mindset, but you can also get the right preparation. How will it be different from what you normally did? Uh, not much different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there may be a little more, just a little more cardio going leading up to spring training. Uh, right now, 
this, the stuff I'm doing right now hasn't changed at all. Um, you know, and throwing, I, I typically, I don't even throw a bullpen until I get down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll throw some flat ground stuff like that, but you know, 85%, 90% to, to a catcher, but I don't really cut it loose until I get down to Florida. So I may, may throw another bullpen or two. I'm going to talk to our, our pitching coach whenever we get one and mm-hmm. try to set up a little bit of a program for, for January. Mm-hmm. The in terms of your pitch selection, the, your your slider has has developed. Uh, would be fair to say in the last couple of years is almost as much as a weapon as your fastball, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I have confidence in it, and you know, there's there's been stretches where I can throw it for a strike and throw it to both sides of the plate uh, as much as my fastball. So, yeah, it's come a long way. And then you 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 have a curve and a changeup. But which would which would you say are you are those two pitches going to be the most important to work on when you do get on a mound? Uh, and and which pitch is ahead of the other one? The breaking ball or the changeup? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really just one breaking ball. It kind of changes from time to time. Yeah. But um, I, I wouldn't put one ahead of the other. I mean, I need the changeup to get to get lefties out and. You know, when it's when it's really good, I feel like I can throw it to righties too. So I I need both those pitches, I think, to to succeed in any in either role. Did you, did you throw the changeup more this year than than in years uh, past? I know it was more than the, the, my first year, but I think I've thrown it about the same the last the last two years. And I think my my numbers against lefties have been a lot better than they were that first year, and, and probably even in the minor leagues. Have you have you thought about the dynamic? You haven't done it in, in a few years now, but Obviously, when you're coming in out of the bullpen, you're facing can be three hitters. And now we, we talk about the dynamic about you have to go through a lineup once, twice, three times. Is that something that's already kind of entering your your mindset as you're as you're approaching spring training? Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's something that that's probably the biggest adjustment um, besides the physical aspect is is. Figuring out how to work hitters, and you know, take some of these great hitters in the in the American League East, and you know, I'm going to be facing them. Could be you know, 15, 20 times in a, in a year, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot. I mean, I think the most I would face a guy in previous years is maybe eight or nine times, and it's uh, that would be a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, there'll be a lot more um, pitching to the scouting reports. I think. Um, there were times, you know, out of the bullpen, I can just, when in doubt, you just go to your strength. Um, and it doesn't always work, but, you know, it, you can you can do that a lot more out of the bullpen, I think, than as a starter. So, I mean, not that I'm still going to pitch to my strengths. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you can just see by the amount of time that starters put into their uh, pouring over the scouting reports as a, uh, uh, compared to relievers. Just a little adjustment I'll have to make, probably. Is there a pitcher? Uh, whether it's on this team or another team, which you have so, enough similarities to or starting pitcher that you say, hey, you know what, I can learn from that guy or I can watch that guy or is, is just your your own guy? Um, I hadn't thought of anyone in particular. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, just, I mean, looking at our team, I, you know, I can watch the way Josh pitches. Mm-hmm. We have kind of a similar repertoire, I think. Um trying to think you know brandon morrow over with the uh yeah it's interesting i was thinking of him as well yeah maybe maybe similar you know repertoire to him i you know you can always 
like I said, I, that's going to be a step that I'm going to have to make, but just figuring out, you know, who, if I can, you know, watch those guys' video, how they face the team and kind of learn from it, good or bad, and, you know, something I'm going to have to kind of get better at. You had a, you had, it's not uh, an overstatement to say a historic run in the middle of this year, in the, in the early part, in the middle of this year. And then you hit a little bit of rut at the end of the year. And you had talked about, it, you had you had started doing something that you knew that you had done in the past and you knew how to get out of it. Um, looking back. I think, the only, I think you're the only person that remembers that run in the middle of the year. Well, there, that's <laughs> I think what everyone else forgot about it. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, it, I mean, that's the amazing thing about it, though, is that up until, you know, I don't know when exactly that rut happened. I know that you had a rough outing maybe at the beginning of August and maybe in the middle of August. But, you know, up until that point, it was probably it was, it was your best year, correct? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, without I think that um, opening day uh, collapse, I gave up like four on opening day. I mean, it. I think that's basically the first five months of the year is the best I've ever pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, September kind of ruined it all, but I'm not worried about it. I'm, I, I'm always focused on the, the bigger picture, and I think the, the smarter fans out there, and I know I know our coaches in our front office are, are definitely, uh, you know, big picture thinkers, and um, so that's the way I see it. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the stats don't lie for the first right. four months of the season. But you yeah, have- I mean, and I, I like I said, looking at things like not necessarily ERA or, or my record, which I think is a surf on the surface. But if you just look at my WHIP and my my strikeout to walk and stuff like that, I feel like those are the things that I can control um, as a reliever. Sometimes you're going to give up. Run- you're going to pitch well and give up runs, and um, that's just part of it. Do you look back at that September when when you did hit the rut? Was there anything you look back and say, "Why was I doing that?" or "Why was I doing it that way?" In which you, obviously pitches it happens. You you fall in a, a bad habit here, a bad habit there, and in hindsight you can say, "Well, I, I don't understand why I was doing it that way." Can you look back and and identify one or two things that you say, "You know what? This was a reason for that." Yeah, I mean, I I examined it kind of in the, in the weeks after it, you know, it happened and. Pretty much in Toronto, I had that one outing where I uh, I think I had bases loaded, no outs, struck out the next two guys, um, then had two strikes on that the next guy, and I think he fouled off about six pitches, worked to the full count, and I ended up walking walking him, and then giving up another cheap single, and then uh, they pulled me, and the guy after me came in, and you know bases were cleared, so I think I got five earned runs. But I look back at that and I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't throw the ball that poorly. You know, they just they put together some unbelievable at bats, some balls, some ground balls, found some holes, and I gave up five runs. You know, I look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So I go out the next time. I think it was the next very next night, same deal. I think one or two run lead, and you know, you, you have an outing like that the day before, and you just you you, you put that little bit of added pressure on yourself, trying to force things to happen, trying to make trying to force a good outing rather than trusting your stuff, you know, pitching to contact. Um, you know, and I think that's what happened. I tried to be a little too perfect after having that bad one. And sure enough, when you try to be a little too perfect, you know, bad things happen. I think I walked a couple more the next day. 
you know, trying to make perfect pitches on the corners and, and, uh, just kind of snowballed for about a week there before I was able to catch my breath and slow things down a little and just go back to trusting my stuff. What did you learn from Pap? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always found it fascinating because obviously you guys are friends, but you, it does seem that you have different personalities. And, Slightly. Yes. <laughs> which, which I guess that could be said of a lot of people. In regards yeah. to uh, John, you won't find another, you won't find another guy like him. <laughs> no, That's um, for sure. But what what did what are some of the things that that you can take away, whether it, whether it is as a closer or just as a pitcher? Yeah, I think um, he's literally once the phone rings and it's a save opportunity, or you know, it's his turn to pitch. He, he is the same person warming up every time. Um, doesn't matter if he's sore, if he if he got. If he blew a save the night before, if he's on a ten-game run where he hadn't given up a run, it doesn't matter. I mean, he he uh, he is the same guy once that phone rings. He might he might do some some different things between the outings, but uh, guy knew how to. He knows how to get himself ready to pitch yeah. um, as good as anyone I've seen. You just don't see any uh, any change from outing to outing. Yeah, the results change, but I, as a pitcher and as mindset, it was unbelievable how much. Uh, how consistent that was for him. Yeah, you said you thought he might be coming back. Do you remember where you were when you heard he wasn't coming back and what what you felt when when that sunk in? I was on a golf course in South Carolina <laughs> uh, <laughs> playing golf with some, some college buddies of mine. And uh, I, I read it. I don't know. Somebody texted me or something and asked me if I'd seen it and figured out from there. So, um yeah, I mean, it was weird, you know. Mm. I played with for three years and, and probably worked with, you know, we were the only two only two guys out in that bullpen that were there from the day I got called up until the end of the season. So uh, it was definitely kind of a, a weird feeling that he's he actually had signed somewhere else. Mm. Is it a relief that I've asked you about pitches and, and execution and preparation instead of asking you about what happened in September and even October. I mean, the fact is that a lot of the players kind of (laughs) rightfully so went into holes and, and, and was trying to avoid all the, all the the stuff that was going on right after the season ended because it was a historic collapse. But are you relieved that, okay, now we can start talking about baseball instead of exactly what happened at the end there? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the run of events that led that led to us, you know, blowing that nine-game lead or whatever we had was so uh, just unbelievable. I mean, he, I don't think you plug you plug it into computers; it wouldn't happen again <laughs> in a million years. You know, um, with how good our team was statistically, I mean, we didn't get a hit whenever we needed to. We never made a pitch when we needed to, and it was just every night, every night. It, you know, the calls from the umpires seemed to rarely go our way. I mean, it was one thing after another, two or three things a night for that last two weeks, it seemed like. So, um, you know, that's part of the game. You know, mm-hmm. baseball's a weird game like that. But at the same time, if you get caught up in that and you start worrying about literally most of that stuff is stuff you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we could have made some better pitches, but... We were making those same pitches two months ago, and, and 
they were getting miss hits and guys are swinging and missing and now they're running into them or they're they're taking that borderline three two pitch and they're walking instead of striking out just so many weird things happen you, you can't overanalyze it we had a great team mm-hmm. um i think i saw jim leland said something i saw it recently that we were the best team he played they played last year hands down mm-hmm. i think we were played them in, in july or something and we were hot then and that just shows i mean how good we were um people are going to forget it because because of how bad we were at the end but uh we're still a really good team and hopefully this this coming year we can we can prove that you know i don't think as i've asked anybody this and it's just out of curiosity but what was that rain delay like in baltimore uh really good until about the last five minutes <laughs> I think it was about we sat there for like an hour and a half and you know, they say, okay, they come in and make the announcement, game starting in 20 minutes. So guys are, you know, putting their jersey back on, grabbing their gloves. We had the other game on, and uh, sure enough, uh, I guess they blew a save. Yeah. They blew the uh, Yankees blew the save with like three, five, five minutes until our game was starting. Everyone just kind of exhaled, like sighed, and we're like, all right, well, let's go do our part. You know, I think we were up. I don't know yeah, how three, many runs. Three, two, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were up at the time. A couple innings to play. We're like, all right, let's go do this. Let's do our part. If we have to go to Tampa to play that, that extra game, that's fine. You know, let's control what we can control. And But I think it was uh, – it probably would have been better if we had never seen it, you know. But that's just – you're not going <laughs> to – you can't turn the TVs off in the clubhouse. That's just not how it works. Were, were you surprised that Aceves went back out to pitch after the rain delay? Uh, no, not, not after all the times he had gone, but I mean, just the fact, I think he was pitching on his fifth day in a row anyway, yeah. so. And he had, he war- like, and he had warmed up and then he had warmed up on the mound, I think before they brought the tarp out. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I was ready to go. I thought, I thought they might've switched over to me there and you no, know, he, he wouldn't let him. He was, uh, he wanted to pitch every one of those games or, or obviously they wouldn't have kept running him out there, but he was, uh. He was a big reason why we were even in it till that last day. Do you think he could close? Yeah. Yeah. He might. Ha- he might cause a few heart attacks, but uh, <laughs> just because of the way he goes about it, you see a different wind up every night. But uh, no, he he could do it. He's got amazing stuff. I mean, uh, people under under. I think his stuff is very underrated. Throws six pitches, he, you know. At times, he throws them all for strikes, and he wants to win. So, I mean, he could do it. I, I just, I don't know what it would look like, but he, I think he could do it. <laughs> uh, so, you're looking forward to the season, I would imagine. By now, I mean it's getting to be about that time where where Christmas comes around. It's it's kind of like the Mendoza line of the off season a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you, you said you're going to start throwing at the around the new year. Or? Yeah, that's usually I start. Right around January first, so um, kind of ease into it from there. Okay. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, and good luck in the last couple of months, and we'll see you in Fort Myers. All right, man. Appreciate it. Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy to use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. 
You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car looking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Now you can enjoy MLB Play, the one app with all your favorite free MLB games. Enjoy Beat the Street, Quick Pick, and more. Enjoy competing against friends. Enjoy unlocking exclusive rewards. Plus, your chance to win $5.6 million. Download MLB Play. Enjoy the app. Enjoy the show. MLB Play. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older to enter Beat the Streak, which ends at the conclusion of the MLB regular season or when the grand prize is won. Restrictions apply. See MLB.com forward slash play for official rules. In 1970, a 28-year-old recent law school graduate became the most wanted woman in America. She's also my mother. I'm Zaid Ayers-Dorn, host of the new podcast, Mother Country Radicals. When I was growing up, my parents were on the run from the FBI, at war with the U.S. government. From Crooked Media and Odyssey, Mother Country Radicals, a family history of the weather underground. Listen to the entire first season of Mother Country Radicals right now, here on Odyssey. Odyssey. 